0: A blessed September 13, mga kapatid, and just like that, kalahati na po ng September, bumibilis ang takbo ng oras, bilis ang takbo ng panahon, it's either because talagang mabilis ng panahon or tumatanda na tayo. And so blessed morning, afternoon, evening to everyone that is part of this online service, hilapo sa ating mga kapatid sa Citygate Ministries and to all the lighthouse regions that may be joining us in today's service. Last Sunday, our dear elders held for us the much-awaited, much-anticipated Pastors and Staff Appreciation Day, quarantine-style. Sobra pong pinuno ng mga elders, ng aming mga puso. And this appreciation day could not have come at a much better time. Lalo sa mga panong to, that appreciation and um, recognition really, they go a long, long way to boost our morale, it's like a shot in the arm na kami po ay nabibigyan ng sobrang pagpapala dahil sa pagmamahal ng mga kapatiran. Amin pong hangarin na uh, darating din ang araw that we can reciprocate na may babalik namin sa inyo ang pagmamahal na masyadong niyong ibinuhos sa amin. Again, thank you, dear elders. Napakasarap pong magpuri sa Panginoon when you are with kindred-hearted people. Yung mga taong gustong gusto mong kasama. Speaking of that, I remember an anecdote of a king, na meron po siyang paboritong servant. Hindi lamang dahil magaling at competent sa hunting na siyang hobby ng hari, but this servant was such a man of great, very perky, very shiny, upbeat attitude. As a matter of fact, ang kanyang gustong-gustong expression sa buhay ay, it is good. It is good. Kahit na wala silang nahuli, kahit wala silang na hunt. Kahit na sila'y naulanan, sila'y when they would come home, the servant would be so lavish in his gratitude towards life, towards the king, and he would say, It is good, it is good. One day, when they were again hunting, just the two of them, the king spotted a deer. And absent-mindedly, inabut ang kanyang rifle, nabut ng kanyang servant, and before he could aim in the right manner, prematurely na-squeeze niya trigger. Boom! Ang tinamaan ng king ay ang sarili niyang thumb. And it got severed. Natanggalan po siya ng thumb. And the, the king was all-blooded and he was grimacing in pain. Talagang hiyaw siya ng hiyaw. Pinapagalitan niya ang kanyang servant. Alam niyo naman ng mga hari, minsan sinisisi ang mga mas maliliit na tao. And of course, true to his form, what did the servant say? It is good, it is good, dear king. Napikon yung hari. What is good about my severed thumb? Alam yung ginawanya. ginawa niya? Pinahuli niya sa kanyang mga kawalang servant nito at ipinatapon niya sa kulungan where he would languish for more than a year. Nagtapos ang kanilang magandang relasyon bilang servant and king or king and servant. I will I will pause this story right there and then, babalikan ko mamaya. But, Yan po ang gagamitin kong tungtungan as I reintroduce to you this sermon series that we have begun for the month of September. Grace and Glory. This is an exposition that your pastors decided to dwell on for the entire month. And if you'd like to benefit from this, read alongside with us the first epistle of Peter kung saan natin hinahalukay ang napakamayaman at napakamakapangyarihang aral galing sa salita ng Diyos. So last Sunday, we said that grace is represented by flower. This is the gentleness of the Lord when we go through the different upheavals of life. This is the gentle hand of the Lord that helps us navigate through the dark valleys of our human existence. But glory is represented by the sword because in all of this, we already have been given a foreknowledge, a preview of what the ending is will look like and it will always be a triumphant one. And so combined, grace and glory ay dalawang magkalakip na mukha ng isang katotohanan. Nang buhay ng Kristiyano ay punum ng kahabagan ng Diyos at punum ng kaluwalhatian ng Diyos. And so, we reasoned last Sunday that this was the context when Peter was writing this epistle. The Christians were going through severe Fiery trials in their lives; they were being fed to the lions, they were being burned alive. Women and children were not exempted from the cruelty of these emperor named Nero, another emperor named Caligula. That they were just so hurt. Talaga sobrang silang nagalit at masablos silang na irritate sa kakaiwang attitude, kakaiwang disposition ng mga Kristiano ng unang panahon. How they would not succumb even to the most vicious of threats and they would still insist on worshiping this king of kings. And nung panahon yon, masyadong egocentric, egomaniac among emperors that they demanded people to worship them as God. And so for Christians to come out and say, we only have one God, we only have one king because he is the king of kings and his name is Jesus. The government just turned against them. Even though wala namang ginagawang masama ang mga Kristiyano. And yet, the, the tides of time just turned against them and now they were being persecuted, no end. And so, to these beleaguered group of Christians, Peter wrote, Peter wrote this very encouraging letter called First Peter. I was reading one of my theological books and I came across one of the thoughts of St. Augustine of Hippo, one of the great theologians of Roman Catholics. And he said that government is a necessary evil that is necessary because of evil. From the onset of time, the presence of human government or human governors had and has always been perceived as a necessary evil. We call it theocracy. But in the course of time, the Lord somehow allowed human leaders to come and govern over us because of the propensity of evil. Sobrang masama ang nature ng tao. Kung pababayaan lamang on their own, there will always be this tendency to slide down to depravity. But what if the governors themselves are the precursors or the cause or the authors of the evil things? How can you experience, how can you see the grace and glory of God when the government is altogether ungodly? Hindi sila nini sa Dios, katulad ng panahon ni Peter, hindi sila sa ating sinasambang Dios, their value system must be so different from the one that we espouse. How do we see the grace and glory of God in that situation? What about in our workplace when employment is so unfair? When our employers do not adhere to the same Christian values that we have grown to believe should be the, the way of doing things in the marketplace. Make it more personal. What about in the marriage that is unequally yoked? Meaning, what if you feel stuck in a marriage that you not have the supposedly you a Or what if in a church... Light lighthouse, where imperfections abound. Na hindi mo nun mayawasang nagkakairitahan pa rin, nagkakapikunan pa rin, nagkakagalit pa rin maging ang magkakapatid sa isang simbahan katulad ng simbahan natin. How do you see the grace and glory of the Lord in the midst of our relationships that are tainted by imperfection? I came across a poster that says, I have no desire to argue with anyone so I choose to walk away because I just want peace. Now that's a good counsel. Kung talagang nagiging toxic na ang environment ng buhay mo, minsan mas maganda yung you just walk away. Give it a break. But sometimes this does not apply in our life realities. What if we don't have the option of walking away? What if we cannot Walk away from the government because we're stuck here in the Philippines. visa What if you cannot walk away? What if you have committed to that employment? bond. What if you have a very strong commitment to the marital covenant that right now divorce is not just an option for you. Especially this church, hindi mo talikuran ang katawan ni Cristo. I pray that these questions are now resonating in your minds as we go into the second installment of our exposition on the book of 1 Peter on grace and glory. But right now, why don't you open your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter? We will now go to the second chapter. Shall we? Let's read this together. Starting from verse 9, but you are a chosen people To abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. Today, my friends, in the second installment, I have entitled this, Grace and Glory in Our Relationships. Shall we pray? Father, we are excited to again be filled by your counsel. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher of all these mysteries, the wondrous mysteries of the counsel of the Word of God. And so now, please talk to your children. Our hearts are open. Our ears are inclined to your voice. Speak to us now, Lord, in wondrous ways only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Relationships. We are all social beings. We do not live in a vacuum. Everything that we do are impacted by what other people are doing. And vice versa, mga kapatid. Lahat ng mo, nakaka naman at nakaka sa buhay ng nakararami. That's the essence of Christianity. It doesn't live in a vacuum. It does not exist in a vacuum. Christianity flourishes in our relationships and interlinkages with people whose life paths god somehow in his will brings along ours now in 2006 i was part of the Haggai leadership institute batch in singapore this is a time when i was able to have a sabbatical leave from the church for a month and um bicol nakikita niyo mukha ko rito sa pictures So let me, me, that was me when I was 36 years old, 14 years ago. But this story is not about me. I'd like to share with you one of the testimonies that really greatly impacted me in that one-month course that I took. This is about this good friend of mine. His name is John. He's a pastor from Rwanda. If you are familiar with history, in the late 80s and early 90s, there was this massive, very atrocious, genocidal thing that happened in the nation of Rwanda in Africa. Nagpapatayan po pusila. They were into ethnic cleansing. The, the Tutsis and the Hutus, if you remember that. One was convinced that the other did not have the right to exist in this life. Now, I forgot now if... If John belonged to the Hutus or the Tutsis, but he was one of those tribes, and he said at an early age, Samurang Idadna, 14 years old, he witnessed in his own eyes, with his own eyes, how the rival tribe, the the enemy tribe, came into their village one day, and how before his eyes his entire family as in 100% mom dad sisters brothers grandparents were clobbered to death in front of his eyes he was hiding in one of those corners so the enemies did not see him but he saw it how his entire family his entire village got massacred and he was telling us that at such a young age wala siyang ibang kundi dumating ang panahon sabi ni John Tao, malakas, and he would exact revenge against his perpetrators of such gruesome, heinous crime against their family, against his family. And true enough, many years thereafter, he naging six four in height, matangkad buyan si John. Palagi ako ka big brother. And now he fought with the muscles that he had, with the strength, with the military training that he was able to get. That it was now time for him. merong atraso sa kanyang but there was a turnaround that he didn't quite expect. He became a Christian. A white pastor came evangelizing their village, and by the moving of the Holy Spirit, ibinigay kanyang puso sa Have you ever experienced that? When one moment your life was just so focused on accomplishing certain things, maghihiganti ako, babalikan ko sila, reres bakan ko they will now taste the might of my anger, of my fury, of my rage. And yet, something changed. John became a believer. He became a disciple. And instead of him maningil ng dugo, ipinakilala niya ang Panginoong to that very same tribe that was responsible for the massacre of his own family. He started visiting that village, supposedly enemies. He started preaching the word of Jesus. He started loving on them and forgiving them. And you know what? The Lord honored his efforts. A thriving Christian church was Birth in that very same village, the pinagtangkaan Yang paghigantian. And today, we have lost contact. It's been 14 years, but I believe today the church is even bigger and doing the very will of the Lord. Jesus truly is the turnaround specialist. Or in the words of John, he would say, the Lord Jesus is the difference. And many of you are watching now, and you're a believer, and you can always look back to that specific time in your life when you know when you know God, our Lord Jesus, walked into your life and made the difference in you. That all of a sudden, your mindset is different, your attitude is different, your heart has been turned around, and now your desire is only to advance the very kingdom of God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21. Peter would remind the believers that to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Stop there for a while. I underscored it because that's the essence of Christianity. Christianity is not about living for yourself. Christianity is about living for the values and the belief system that Jesus has set forth for us, that Jesus has modeled for us. And Christianity is about following the very footsteps of our Lord and Savior. Verse 22 says, He committed no sin and no deceit was found in His mouth. When they hurled their insults at Him, He did not retaliate. When He suffered, He made no threats. Instead, He entrusted Himself to Him who judges justly. This must be the, one of the verses that convicted my Rwandan friend, see John. When He should have been... According to his human nature, hurling insults and retaliating, now he was following the footsteps of Jesus. Instead of hate, he was now sowing love. Why? Because just like the Apostle Peter, my Rwandan friend John has learned to entrust himself to God who judges lightly. Last Sunday, we talked about it. We talked about how the Apostle Peter, once impetuous, once sobrang kung rambulan lang, hindi ka atrasan ni Apostle Pedro. And yet, when Jesus Christ modeled unto him this renewed life, when his spirit became born again, when he got infilled with the power of the Holy Spirit, he knew that the Simon that once was, was now truly Peter, the rock, that something changed in him. That now, even if life has so much injustices. Peter now recognized he could entrust himself to God who will always judge justly. Verse 24 would say, Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. And by His wounds, you have been healed. The reason why our life today is whole is because of the blood of Jesus that was sprinkled, that was naumagos at dumanak sa krus ng Kalbaryo. And because of that, we, we have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now we have returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. Jesus really, truly makes a difference in our lives. And maybe when Peter was writing and penning this epistle, he remembers the stories of his fellow disciples who had the privilege of being with Jesus in his very last moment in that mount called Golgotha. Peter, of course, missed it because he was already hiding from the soldiers of Caiaphas and the Roman soldiers. But Peter probably would now recall and remember the last words of Jesus, the last statements of Jesus when he was already running out of breath, when instead of cursing the Roman soldiers, Jesus would say, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Such statement of grace that he had every reason to castigate, to hurl insults by the the powerful word of Jesus Christ, the same word that cleansed the lepers, that bring back, brought back to life the dead, that expelled the demons. His words were powerful. He could have just pronounced the word and all the Roman soldiers would have died. But grace was the rule of the day. He asked the Father in heaven to forgive those that were hurting him. And Peter must remember that story, that When one of the thieves that was surrounding Jesus, also being crucified, turned to Jesus and said, Lord, today remember me when you enter your paradise. And Jesus looked at this thief, this good-for-nothing criminal, who for his entire life didn't do anything right. But that day he received the grace of God with the promise of Jesus that that day Jesus will bring him with him to paradise. And Peter must remember the very last statement of Jesus when he said, tie, or it is finished, that though the world did not deserve His grace and mercy, the Lord finished the mission for which He was sent into this planet by His Father in heaven, so that the rest of sinful humanity can experience the grace and glory of God. Peter must be remembering this, and so we now know that in Jesus we have a new identity. Let me lay down this principle. nagbabago ang pagkakakilanlan sa sarili. As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to Him, the Word of God says, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering special sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That is now our identity, mga kapatid. As Jesus is the living stone, we are also living stones. We are now being made part of this spiritual house and God is placing upon us a higher calling of being a royal priesthood. Not only identity in Jesus we have this call in life that is so much higher than we could ever expect or imagine. Tinitawag tayo ni Lord sa isang panawagan na hindi natin before, but because Jesus is in us, now the Word of God declares that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. We are now a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. The Word of God, it says that once you were not a people of God, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but today you are the very objects and recipient and beneficiaries of the mercies of God. In Jesus, we have a new identity. In Jesus, we have a higher calling. And in Jesus, we have a deeper purpose, mga kapatid. nag ang nag ang reason kung bakit tayo nabuhay at nabubuhay sa mundong ito. Peter would now remind the beleaguered Christians to urge them as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which now war against your soul. Yung dating ikaw, kapatid, yung dating ikaw na punong-puno ng pagkamuhi, yung dating ikaw na punong-puno ng galit, yung dating ikaw na talagang isang kanti lang sa pride mo, talagang mananapak at mamamaril ka na ng tao. Now, those sinful desires war against your soul. It is no longer you. God has done a surgery in your soul and in your spirit. Nagbago ka na kapatid mula nang makilala mo si Kristo. So verse 12 will now say, Therefore live such good lives amongst the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may now see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. In this particular verse, the Apostle Peter was reminding the persecuted Christians that the reason why we should aspire for such good godly lives is because pagans are watching us. These persecutors of ours— this Nero that is blaming us for the fire that destroyed half of Rome. Yes, everything that could be pinned on us, every blame that could be passed on to us, they're giving to us. But you know what? Instead of retaliating, in- instead of trading insult for insult, violence for violence, the Apostle Peter says, live such good lives. So that these people who are accusing us will see the very grace and glory of God in everything that we do so that by their witnessing of the witness that we have as believers, God may be glorified. These are three foundational truths, mga kapatid. As we now seek the grace and glory of God in our relationships, go back to this. Bagong pagkakakilanlan, Bago at mas mataas na panawagan, mas malalim na kadahilanan sa buhay. So, when Jesus came into this world, what was the situation of Palestine of Israel? Number one, slavery was a norm. Tanggap ng taong mayroong Alipin at mayroong taong nagmamayari sa mga Alipin. Historians would now tell us that. For every free man in Israel, they would have at least two or three slaves. Atangap at And slaves did not have political rights. Slaves did not have civil rights. Slaves did not have human rights at all. gahasain, patayin, itapon, ibenta ng kanilang mayari. That was the reality of the society nadinat nani Jesus Christ when he was birthed into this whole life. Ancient Israel at the time were being ruled, was being ruled by heartless rulers, both the religious hypocrites and the very much conscienceless Romans rulers where people were being subjected to slavery and to maltreatment by these heartless rulers. And on top of this, a vicious taxation system was upon the people. Kung anuman yung na nila talagang pipigain, nang mga tax collectors the traitors they would say from the people who almost had nothing to survive on and yet talagang and sila sila ng mga tax collectors ang collect sa kanila. and therefore the people felt voiceless and they were very much persecuted now i am highlighting this because If the basis of our actions as believers is WWJD, what would Jesus do? If Jesus saw and birthed Himself into such kind of environment where life was imperfect, where the government was very much worthy of rebellion, where the leaders were very much hypocrites and heartless, What did Jesus do in this kind of environment? How did He showcase the grace and glory of God? Did Jesus become a rebel? Did He encourage people to take up arms and slaughter all of these unworthy leaders? Did He become a revolutionary leader that incited civil disobedience? Did He encourage people to kill and massacre those that were seated in the palaces? What would Jesus do? Because if Jesus' footsteps are the very footsteps that we follow after, then it's just very important for us to, to go back to the context of our preaching because precisely Peter was encouraging the beleaguered Christians during the time. Going back to Jesus, when Jesus started His ministry in ancient Israel, I believe that people were, were so gung-ho and upbeat about it because for many years, the people were waiting for the political Messiah to come. And now that Jesus were feeding the poor and doing some miraculous acts and even bringing back to life the dead people, maybe they were thinking, now is the time for Israel to really break the bondage, the yoke of slavery from these oppressors. And now that our Messiah has come, now is the time for us to level the playing field, to turn the tables around so that now we would be the victors and now they would be, the Romans would be the conquered ones. But much to their dismay, the Lord Jesus did not preach about political revolution. He started talking about spiritual revolution. He would even say, if anyone forces you to go one mile, you go with him two miles. That the very inhumane law of subjecting any Israelite to carry the stuff of any Jewish, of any Roman soldier, that in itself is inhumane and unfair. And they would be expecting Jesus to say, wag na susundin dahil dumating na panahon ng pagbabago. But no, Jesus said, if you're being forced to do that, why didn't you double the service that you give them? Jesus started saying, Pag sinampal ka sa kanan, ibigay mo yung pisngi. Jesus started teaching, Pag kinuwang yung balabal, ibigay mo na rin pati yung, yung damit. Jesus started saying, You've heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but now I'm telling you, a new law, Love your enemies. Pray for those that curse you. It wasn't altogether a new paradigm, a paradigm shift, na kanyang ipinapakilala sa kanyang mga one time even, Peter went to him and Peter said, Lord, you know this temple tax that the, that the priests are demanding from us, it's no longer in the law of Moses. Yes, we would tithe. Yes, we would, go our, we would give our offerings and our alms because it's biblical. But you know what? On top of all this, these priests, they're demanding that we pay them Temple tax, Lord, now is the time for us to make our voices heard. But Jesus said, Oh, Peter, so that we may not offend them, go to the lake, throw out your line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. You take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Jesus subjected himself to this very inhumane, very vicious temple tax law. Now, more than that, meron pang tax galing sa mga Romano. So, the Pharisees one day came to Jesus, and Peter must have remembered this when they tried to trick Jesus. So, let me see, Jesus, your followers are calling you king. Will you pay your tax? To King Caesar? Hmm? Will you? It was a trap, my friend. And Jesus said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Meaning, Jesus did not come to inspire, to incite people, to take up arms para makipagduelo sa mga Romano at makipag-away. Ang para kay Caesar, ibigay natin. Even if it is altogether unfair, even if it's altogether evil, we will not offend them. We will submit to them. And so today, I would like to open unto you the word of the Lord. I don't mean this to be to be inciting a debate in our comment section dahil marami na pong magkakaibigan, magkaka-churchmate ang nag-away-away. Pag pinag-uusapan ay politika, pag pinag-uusapan ay gobyerno, pag pinag si Pangulong Duterte, pag pinag-uusapan si VP Lenny Robredo, ang dami ng magkakaibigang nagkawatak-watak at nagkahihwahiwalay because of these political talks. That is not, and that will never be my intent, and I will never tolerate vicious debates in our Lighthouse page. So let me open unto you the Word of the Lord. Because we cannot escape it. The Word of God is not quiet, is not silent when it comes to our relationships with the government. And the key word in the Word of God today is submission and honor. If you'd like to experience the grace and glory of God in our relationship with the government, two words, submission and honor. Peter would now encourage The Christians, the very same Christians that were being manslaughtered by Nero, the king of of Rome. And the exhortation was this submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors. Who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. There was a um, presumption of goodwill here. Even if the realities that they were seeing were so much far from the ideal, Peter would say, Yung mga hari, yung mga gobernador na itinalaga, to punish those who do wrong and to commend those that do right, submit to them. But your overarching, Motivation, as a people with new identity, higher calling, and deeper purpose, is you will do it for the sake of the Lord. To know that when you submit yourselves to human authorities, to human leaders, you're doing it for the glory of God. Verse 15 would even say, For it is God's will that by doing good, You should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as freemen, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as servants of God. Ikaw ang magiging reflections ng grace and glory of the Lord. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood believers. Fear God. Honor the King. And maybe. It was a teaching that might have repulsed initially the believers in Rome. Honor the king? Excuse me, Apostle Peter? Haven't you forgotten what he did to the Apostle Paul? How he decapitated Pinogutanyang Apostle Pablo? Have you forgotten our countless family members and Christian friends that have been fed to the beasts? And now you want us to honor the king? Hanggang ngayon, matindi pa rin ang palitan ng kuro-kuro patungkol sa mga bagay nito. Every time I would say, I'd like to pray for President Duterte. I know some of you that are watching here right now, maybe you're saying, excuse me, Pastora, huh? but I cannot say amen to your prayers for the President. Why? And you can just go on ranting about, ah, EJK, ah, all of this, Marawi, all of this corruption and everything. But we can escape. You can debate with your pastor. But the word of God is clear. When you do it for the Lord's sake, when you do it living as servants of God, when you do it out of your fear of God, then the word of God says, honor the king. Submit. And Peter must have remembered that night when Jesus was apprehended in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was just finished in his long prayer in John 17, all of a sudden, Judas came along with the soldiers and with a very infamous Judas kiss, Jesus was apprehended by the soldiers of Caiaphas, the high priest, along with some Roman soldiers. And you know that story when Peter got hold of one of the swords and he started attacking the soldiers and he hit the ear of one of the servants of the high priest. Remember that story? What did Jesus say? Go, Peter, magaklask ka na. Ito ang panahon para ipakita mong lumalaban din ang christiano. No, he did not. Jesus said, Peter, put down the sword. For those that live by the sword will perish by the sword. And Jesus even touched the servant with the severed ear and healed him right there and then. Now, take note. This man was the servant of the high priest that was the author of Jesus' ultimate crucifixion. But Jesus did not see a man to be hated. He saw a soul to be touched and blessed and saved. So that's the paradigm that I believe the Holy Spirit is impressing upon us today. Yes, as political people, as highly opinionated Christians— You have enough reasons to say, but pastor, I have to speak against Duterte. I have to speak against this senator. I have to speak against this governor, this barangay captain. But you see, my friend, if you look at them from a political point of view, you will have missed out on the Christian imperative of looking at these people from a disciple's point of view, from an evangelist's point of view. That these people, yeah, maybe I I am not to judge, but maybe they are guilty of what they are being accused of. Murder, corruption, stealing, and all of this filth from our government. But our calling, our higher calling as Christians, is to reach them as souls that are so desperately in need of the grace and glory of God. Without mentioning names one public official got struck by COVID a few months back. And the social media just went ablaze. Sana matuluyan na. Dahil sa dami ng kanyang atraso sa Pilipino, sana hindi siya survive And sometimes I read this from, from fellow believers. And my heart would be broken. And I have messaged just a few of them saying, Kapatid, that should not be our attitude in times like this. Because our attitude as Christians is that whether they are saints or sinners, we've got to pray for them. That we do not wish them ill. Worse, but we do not wish death to be upon them because of this COVID virus. Because I, I was telling one friend, because once you were a sinner too. What if during that height of your life when you were still so lost, somebody also said, Sana matuluyan ka na. How would you have felt? In the book of C.S. Lewis, entitled Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis, this great theologian, said, Human beings live forever while the state, meaning the government, is only temporal and thus is reserved to comparative insignificance. Yes, we've got to attend to our roles as responsible citizens. To call out the wrong, to applaud and emulate what is right. But our higher calling, the scriptures would remind us, is always for that human life. That human being that has a soul and that has a spirit that otherwise is headed for hell if they would not receive the grace and glory of God through the preaching of the gospel. If you'll just focus on the state, my friends, the government is not forever. Maybe you're against the present group of leaders that we have right now as a nation. I have a good news for you. In 2022, election. Na po. I have a good news for you. The president cannot run the second time. One term lang ang atin presidente because of our constitution. Unlike the monarchs of old, unlike the emperors of the old times that they serve until they die. In our democracy, six years long, very temporary. And so bugus mo angalit mo ang yung gigal, say yung Facebook, say yung social media, and you will make enemies out of many people because you felt you have the right to be heard instead of you ascending to the higher call and the deeper purpose of our Christianity, and that is to look at human beings as souls in need of Jesus then we will have missed out on the greatest opportunity of all that God is offering unto us. And that is to be ministers to this world that badly needs the ministry of God. One um, a pastor by the name of John MacArthur, his books I read, his preachings I listen to, he said the priests could not abandon their role of bringing men and women to God. That was God's design. And it is the same for the church. I believe we are a kingdom of priests, not a kingdom of politicians. Our purpose in the world is to bring men to God. So you say, so don't you care about change, Pastor? And John MacArthur said, of course I do. But I also know that change comes from the inside, not the outside. So we must administrate the things of the kingdom of God. Our role, is to pray for our leaders. Our role is to intercede for those that are in position, to those that are otherwise being ganged up up by the evil minions of Satan so that they are always So we tend, we need to pray for them. We need to be the administrators of this priestly calling that we have as a royal priesthood to to bring men to the very presence of the Lord, to introduce Jesus unto them, because if these men, if our leaders in the higher ups of the echelons of government, will get to know Jesus, something beautiful will happen on their inside. Isipin mo kung ang presidente natin maging tunay na kruschiano. Isipin mo kung ang mga senador natin, nang mga governors natin, kung lahat ng na ay maging tunay na katagusanod ni Cristo because change has happened in the very inside of their hearts then we might see a piece of heaven in this part of eternity while we are still living. As far as I know, civil disobedience can only be biblically justified if one condition is met. And that is when believers are coerced to disobey God's direct command or to commit God's direct prohibition. Don't lang tayo pinapayagan ng Diyos to be disobedient to those that are ruling over us. Kung meron silang pinapagawa na hindi pinapagawa ng Diyos, or meron silang hindi pinapagawa but God is commanding us to do exactly that thing, then we can say, we'd rather obey God and not men. Just like Peter. They were being stopped and prohibited to preach the Word of God. The Pharisees said, Didn't we command you to never preach in the name ever again? And Peter, in the book of Acts 4, 19 to 20, he said, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when it comes to our relationship with the government, two words: submission and honor. Now when it comes to our human masters, at the time original context talagang slaves sila, master talaga dala. But present day context, ating mga boss kung tayo nang what should, how should the grace and glory of the Lord be exhibited? Two words again: respect. And endurance. That's how people will see that really the grace and the glory of God is upon us. Peter would now exhort the slaves during his time. He said, Submit yourselves to the masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering, because he is conscious. God. So again, the pattern of thinking is the same, right? If somebody treats you well, it's easy to serve that person. But what if that person is harsh towards you? Again, the Christian imperative is still, respect them. Respect them. Honor them. Why? Because when you go through these unjust treatments, you become conscious that that is exactly what they did to our Jesus. That though Jesus did not do anything wrong, they maltreated Him. And so, when we become partakers of that same experience, we become conscious of God. So Peter would say, but how it is, how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. So again, our model is Jesus. Jesus did not get treated fairly. He didn't do anything that was offensive. And yet he was maltreated for it. And yet Jesus endured all these abuses all the way to the cross, all the way to death on the cross. So when you do that, a spark of the divine nature is birthed in you. The grace and glory of God is now seen in you. Pastor, how about with our spouse? How do we showcase the grace and glory of God? Two words again from the Bible. Purity and consideration at the time when when they were in diaspora many Christian Jewish women were being forced to marry pagans or heathens or or Gentiles so what's was the manner by which the grace and glory of God would be exhibited Peter would say wives in the same way be submissive to your husband submission is key now so that in any, if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Hindi at hindi palataya yung pag nakita niyang kabanalan at ng buhay mo. You will win them over without you speaking a word. And we have heard so many. Testimonies of our lighthouse ladies. How they came to the faith first and their heathen husbands would not even go with them to the church and would even mock their born-again Christian beliefs. But then they took hold of this imperative, of this command. Just showcased them the purity of God. And many of these ladies are now telling us how their husbands have been won over into the faith. Because they saw, the husbands saw this revolutionary change that happened in their wives' lives. And because of that, they too came into the faith. But husbands, the Lord also has a word for you. The word says, in the same way, be considerate. That's our second key word today. Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. Why weaker? Because women are, as a rule, weaker physically than men. But don't stop with that weaker partner phrase. Go on by reading this. And as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Kapareho mong tagapagmana ng regalo ng buhay. That's why you have to be considerate to your wife. And here is one promise and a warning. As well, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Oh, husbands, listen to this. If you will be considerate to your wife, if you will exhibit the grace and glory of God in your relationship with your respective wives, the promise of God is this nothing will hinder the prayers that you are lifting up into the very throne room of the Lord. And lastly, How about grace and glory in our church relationship? Two words, harmony and virtue. If you would like to experience the grace and glory of God in our church relationships, the Word of God says to all of you, meaning the believers, live in harmony with one another. And if you are conscious of the virtues that Christians must live out, the Apostle Peter would say, be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. You see, when you do this, my friends, when you live harmoniously, when you live with such desire to bless and not curse, to live out the virtues of Christianity, the blessings of the grace and glory of God shall be upon us. Let's go back to this opening anecdote that I shared with you. And so, this very much flamboyant, this very much positive servant was thrown to jail and he was already there languishing for one year. And so, the king was not without his regular companion in his regular hunting sorties. So one day, the king decided to go to the jungle all by himself. Bitbit niya kanyang rifle, he went hunting for the deers. And lo and behold, because he did not know the terrain of the jungle, naligaw siya at nahuli siya ng isang cannibalistic tribe. Patay kang bata ka, dakilang hari. Binitbit ng mga cannibals and he was now being prepared to be cooked and to be feasted on by these cannibals. And lo and behold, before isalang siya sa apoy, the priest of that cannibalistic tribe had to check on this, on this king one last time. And the priest was taken aback. Why? Because dun realized wala na thumb yung hari. Remember the severed thumb del sarili The priest of the cannibals realized walang thumb ng hari, and it became the saving grace of the king. Why? Because that cannibalistic tribe had a superstition that in not one person complete. And so, they were forced to hari, and the king was able to go back to his palace. And he remembers his servant. He remembers that it sinabi The servant everything turns out for good. And so, pinuntahan niya servant sa kulungan at pinalayan niya Abut-abut ang pagpapasensya ng hari. Pasensya ka na, iho. Ikunulong kita for one year. You lost one year of your life. And the servant said, It is good. It is good. And the king said, Wait, you just lost one year of your life. You just got imprisoned for one year. What could be good out of it? And the servant said, Mahal na hari, isipin niyo po. Kung hindi niyo po ako ikinulong, kasama nyo sana akong nahuli ng mga cannibals. Kayo makakalibre dahil hindi kompleto ang daliri niyo. E ako po, kompleto ang daliri ko. Ako sana ang nakain ng mga cannibals kung magkasama tayo. Mahal na hari, it is good. It is good. That is the change of perspective that should happen to us, fellow believers. We now see the goodness of God. We now see the grace and glory of God, even in our otherwise imperfect relationships. With the government, we see the grace and glory of God through our submission and honor. You know what, my friends? Let me tell you. Because of the obedience of the believers, in this mandate of the Lord, to submit to the authorities. 200 years later, Constantine, the emperor of Rome at the time, became a believer. And Constantine was the emperor of Rome that declared that Christianity would be the official religion of the state of the entire Roman government. The Roman Empire. Kaya nakarating si Magellan sa atin. Kasi na evangelize ni Constantine ang mga Espanyol, ang mga Portuguese. When we went to Israel, we were able to visit so many of those religious uh, sites na pinatayuan ni, Saint, ni Queen Helen, ang nanay ni Constantine, the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, the Church of the Annunciation, kung saan narinig ni the Virgin Mary ang announcement ng angel. Kung saan nagkaroon ng miracle of the wine sa so wedding at Cana. Merong church doon. Sino nagpata- Sino nagpatayo? Si Queen Helen. Kaya pag merong Santa Cruzan, merong Raina Elena at merong Constantino yung anak ni Raina Elena. You see my friends, God turned this for good. The very empire, that was just castigating and persecuting the Christians, became the force that brought Christianity to the main nations of the world, including the Philippines. With human masters, respect and endurance. Hindi mo man kung ng boss mo. But if you respect them and you endure, even the maltreatments, even the bosses, will one day come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. In our marriages, purity and consideration. In our churches, harmony and virtue. Oh, if all believers will just submit to this amazing grace and glory that God would want these children to embrace, then the whole world will benefit from this. The whole world, the pagans, as Peter would say, would see and they will see the good deeds of the believers and they themselves will glorify God when finally Jesus comes to visit us. My friends, how does this message speak to you? I believe that today, because of the pandemic, we have noticed so much the imperfections of our government. I believe that in today's pandemic because of no work, no pay, adjustments of salaries, we have come head to head with our employers. Bakit unfair. How do we relate with our employers? And because of the pandemic, hindi tayong nakalalabas ng bahay, labis labis ng irritasyon ng nana at magulang, asawa sa asawa. There's got to be grace and glory in our relationship, even in church. Ngayon hindi tayong nakikita kita, matagal na tayhing hindi nakaka-sama-sama. The harmony and the peace of the church are very much threatened. But if we apply the very grace and glory of God, I believe God will just astound us with His amazing grace in this time, in this juncture of history for the glory and honor of Jesus our Lord.